Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Dax Emerson. He has been on the show before. His previous episode will be in the show notes if you want to get to know more about him. But this episode is special. Today, we are talking exclusively about Forrest Gump. So, Dax, how are you doing? Doing great, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well, man. And we like to jump right in, as you know. So... Um, honestly, I don't have any questions planned, so you're kind of leading this conversation. Is there anything you want to start with about Forrest Gump that you really care about? And you're like, let's start there. Sure. Well, I, I just want to start off, I guess, by saying that Forrest Gump personally is, is my favorite movie. And sorry, I, I'm, I'm chuckling a little bit while I say this because I understand that uh it's actually a, a relatively controversial statement to make, or at least from my experience, it's been a controversial statement to make in the past, because I know people who uh, love the movie, hate the movie, and everything in between. Um, personally, though, I guess if I had to summarize it very quickly, I would say it's a feel-good movie. It has a lot of elements of, of slice of life, we could say, which I, I am admittedly a sucker of. But it also, I think, has a lot of lessons that people can um, can learn from. So I want to be careful not to sort of monopolize the conversation here or anything, because I could potentially speak about this for like a long time if I'm not careful. But I, I will say that ever since it, I was a young kid, it was one of my favorite movies. And um, it's something that... You know, even though Forrest Gump as a character, he's not the brightest, he's not the smartest, whatever. He has some values that I would hope to emulate and that I, I hope a lot of people would hope to emulate in their own lives. There we go. Well, I think that's a great place to start. What are some of those values that you want to emulate that Forrest Gump has? I would say honesty, integrity, and consistency are probably three of the main ones. And I say that because Forrest Gump, he never really, at least in the movie, from my understanding, it's never really shown that he outright lies. Or if he does, it's because it's like purely a lack of information on his end. And he's just because he's either naive or sort of, you know, going about the world without really necessarily understanding all the consequences between the little things. Um Obviously, with with integrity, there's a lot of um, support and a lot of um, uh, sort of foundational values he has for Jenny, his mom, the people around him. He cares a lot about a lot of people, even people who uh, think that he's stupid or he's not, uh, you know, doing things in the right manner or he's just kind of going about life with things happening to him. He nonetheless treats people with a, a sort of respect and a, a sense of uh, worth. Um, I think worth is, is the right word here that I think is important for us to do for everybody, you know, whether you're the janitor of a company, the CEO of a company, what have you. 
And then um, for, for consistency, he's like this throughout his entire life, right? Like in the movie, we see his character, um, we see him change, obviously, but we see him as a good-hearted person from the very beginning all the way to the end when he's at the end of the movie and he's with his son, um, now trying to raise his son on his own after Jenny died. So I think th those are the three that come to mind immediately for me. And I'm, I'm sure there are more as well. Yeah, I, I wanted gonna... to see. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one that stuck out to me in just watching the summary and remembering how he lived was kind of uh, his simplistic approach to life. Like he was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And now I'm doing it. Like there wasn't a lot of fear. There wasn't a lot of anxiety. There wasn't a lot of stuff that, you know, people run into every day that we really don't like, we really don't want to run into, but um, he just did it. He took action and he took action in such a way where it's like, dude, wild things started happening for him. Like, I think he was, uh, he was running from somebody and then the football coach saw how fast he was or something like that. And then he like, anyway, he, he like got into a football program at a college because he could run fast. And the way that, um, he got into that program wasn't exactly normal. And I just think it's really cool how he saw opportunity and he would take advantage of it. Same thing with like um, the Bubba Gump shrimp. Uh, he like, <laughs> he had his first boat. He like got a lot of shrimp and then he like made some money. And then he was like, oh, well, I'm gonna take this money. I'm gonna get a fleet of shrimp or whatever. And he just, he blew the thing up. And it's like he made such a successful business, which is so many people's goals, just because he took action in such a simple way. He was like, I'm not going to be scared about the consequences. I'm not going to be scared about the risk. I'm not going to be scared about, oh, I got all this money I need to hold on to. He's like, no, I'm taking action. So that's what I really appreciated about the movie. Are you um, sort of concerned, though, that I hope it's OK if I ask you questions, too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Are you concerned, though, that this sort of um, narrative throughout the movie is a bit unrealistic? Or I guess, how do you balance that unrealistic sense with with his sort of actions and how he goes about one step after another? Because uh, like the shrimp, for example, I can't remember what hurricane it was specifically. I think it was Hurricane Carmen in the 1970s that came in and... Um, basically destroyed it destroyed all of gump's competition and he and lieutenant dan were the ones who could then monopolize all the shrimp and, and catch it which eventually sort of propelled bubba gump um shrimp so so one of the critiques i hear about the movie a lot is that even though it is a feel-good movie and all there's all this sort of good stuff that happens he gets so many breaks Forrest Gump gets so many breaks and it's not a very um, uh, creative way to, to write a movie, right? Or to write a book because I guess Forrest Gump was originally based on a, a book and sort of it was adapted into a movie. Um, do you think that the that there has to be so much suspension of disbelief does that like bring down the film in any way or bring down ultimately the messages that the film tries to convey? So for me, I would say, no, it does not break down the film because I would urge everybody who thinks like that and who challenges the movie like that to think about the number of breaks that they get in their everyday life. Like very often we take for granted things that 
make us very lucky. Like the fact that we wake up every day, the fact that we have shelter, the fact that we have food, the fact that we have water. And if you look at the stuff Forrest Gump did, he simply positioned himself to catch a break. Whereas like, I feel like a lot of people do not position themselves to ever get lucky. They don't position themselves to ever catch a break. And so, you know, you can look at the movie and say Forrest Gump caught a lot of breaks, right? But it's also like, if we were to take different action in our lives, Yes, I think Forrest Gump may be a little unrealistic, but I think unrealistic things would start happening to us if we started taking unrealistic action, which is what you saw Forrest Gump do in the movie. He took unrealistic action. For example, he ran for like three years straight or something absurd like that and got extremely famous for it. How many of us are going to go run for three years straight? Nobody. Literally nobody, but you see people who do like really extreme sport things. Like I think one dude ran a marathon every day for like 90 days straight or something like that. And he got famous. That's a very similar thing to what Forrest Gump did, uh, even like, but to a much lesser extent. And he got famous for it. Why? Because he took unrealistic action. He got unrealistic results. I think Forrest Gump took unrealistic action, maybe to a very extreme I wouldn't even say very extreme, but it's a little extreme. It's a little unrealistic. Like um, people don't get recruited by football teams like that. Uh, the bubblegum shrimp thing might be like extremely lucky, but how many of us have ever tried to go catch shrimp? How many of us have tried to do an opportunity that has low competition? Something I hear a lot of successful people talk about is it's really hard to be average because everybody's trying to be average. But once you start trying to really impact a lot of people, trying to do really absurd things, what you'll see is you get a lot luckier than you think you would because you're trying something. There's not a lot of competition. Everybody's kind of thought about it. So they want to help you. They want to join the vision, but you're the, you're the one kind of spearheading it. So people come to your aid, you get a little luckier than you might otherwise. And a lot of it, I would say, and this is kind of where I'll wrap it up. It's like, we have, really limiting mindset. And so we're like, the stuff that happens in Forrest Gump can't happen. But then you look at the craziest success stories in the world, right? Where it's like, um, who was it? The Wright brothers making the first plane? Nobody thought that would happen. Yeah. Honestly, I still think it's a little insane. And now we're flying every day, right? But it's like that, those types of stories are riddled throughout history and happen every day, but we exclude ourselves from them because there's a whole slew of reasons, but we exclude ourselves from. Them. So Forrest Gump story might be a little extreme, but extreme things happen every day. And then we just simply say they're not for us. That's what I have to say to that. Th those are a lot of great points. And I, I hope, sorry, I hope you can hear me okay. Evidently, my internet connection is a bit more unstable than usual. So I, I, I apologize about any technical difficulties surrounding that. Um, but... It's fun you mentioned the Wright brothers, actually, because, and I promise I'm not pulling this out of, of thin air, um, but I, I can't confirm the date 100%, but I'm pretty sure that in 1903, which I believe was the same year, the Wright brothers originally took flight on their airplane in, in uh, Kitty Hawk, I think it was. Um, the New York Times had actually published an article saying that it would take one to 10 million years for humans to uh, invent flying machines, basically. But the Wright brothers were able to do that the same year, the same year in 1903, when it was supposed to take upwards of maybe 10 million years 
for there to possibly be a flying machine that could take humans around. The Wright brothers did it. And then only about a decade later did we see airplanes being used in World War II, or excuse me, World War I, what was the Great War at the time. And then after the Great War, we started to see planes be more and more commercialized. And then obviously it's, it's very difficult to think about life without planes today. Uh, certainly where I'm at right now in, in Japan, there's no way people would be able to easily travel back and forth between um, East Asia and North America if, you know, commercial air travel uh, was, wasn't possible. And, you know, kind of tying it back to Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump got to go to a lot of places in part because he was, you know, in, in the right place at the right time, kind of like when he went into the army and went into Vietnam um, right after college from the University of Alabama, but also getting to meet all those presidents and getting to do all those great entrepreneurial things because he wasn't, he, he didn't settle to be average, you know, as much as we, we might say, oh, you know, Forrest Gump, he's not, you know, a bright guy or he doesn't know a lot about math or science or whatever like he you have to give him credit he did not settle for average and he always did things trying to shoot above and beyond whether he realized it or not uh he he he, he was never satisfied he was always hungry for more actually which I, I i sort of find very endearing yeah yeah no absolutely i'm right there with you and that's what i'm saying that um uncharacteristic motivation, uncharacteristic execution got him uncharacteristic results. And I think that New York Times article that you talked about is a great example of kind of the mindset of society. Like they said, it's going to take a hundred million years. And then somebody went and did it literally that year. It's like, oh, you were so wrong. Like you were so wrong. Yeah, and that yeah. was just so clearly your limiting beliefs. And so tying it back into Forrest Gump, he didn't really operate with those limiting beliefs. So he got crazy results. And I think very similar things would happen to us. Because, I mean, you look at Elon, you look at Jeff. They were my age and at my net worth, at my income, at my level of impact. You know, they were at, like, we're kind of based. I think I'm making more money than Jeff was making right now, actually. And, really? yeah, he was flipping burgers at McDonald's at 23. Jeff Bezos. I did not know that, actually. I did not know that. Yeah, that's what's that's what's crazy. It's like once you start to um, kind of just think bigger and you start to go go for it, like crazy things can happen like Amazon, like Tesla, like Elon, uh, Elon and Richard Branson, Richard Brunson. What's his name? I think Richard it's Brunson. Branson. Branson. He, he went to the moon or he went to space and came back at like 70. <laughs> like, who does that? That's what I, so anyway, that's what I think about Forrest Gump. I think it's a valid point that it may be a little exaggerated, but I don't think it's as exaggerated as people would think. So that's where I sit on that. Um, but yeah, man, what are some other things about Forrest Gump that kind of come to mind that you want to chat about? Oh, sure. So I, I was on mute there for a moment. Um, I actually, before that, really quickly, I sent you a link that explains more about the, um, airplane thing I just talked about. So I wasn't making that up. It was in 1903 where the New York Times predicted that airplanes would take potentially 10 million years to develop. And there's more information about that included in that article and other articles. Um, but 
about Forrest Gump, one of the main critiques I have, or excuse me, not that I have, but I hear a lot from other people. And the reason why I bring up critiques a lot, by the way, is, is just try to remain as introspective as, as possible and try to like view the movie from the lens of like, because there's my point where I, I look at it with like, people might say rose colored glasses and I try to put on the glasses of other people who might not always view the, the movie like this. Um, but one of the main critiques is actually of the character Jenny, who is sort of for Gums. She acts as two multiple hats. She has multiple hats in the movie. One, um, I guess you could say she's the main female protagonist. Two, she is Forrest Gump's um, childhood friend. And uh, ultimately, she is Forrest Gump's love interest in the movie. And uh, sort of Jenny is, is this very polarizing figure, I think, because at one end, you could see her as a victim of a lot of abuse, um, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, what, whatever have you. Um, and so the decisions and her conduct later in life is representative of her childhood trauma. Maybe representative isn't quite the right word, but it's reflective of her childhood trauma. Um, alternatively, you could see her as somebody who is, is trying to make it out of that struggle, right? So people might see her childhood trauma, making her a bad person. And in adulthood, she makes a lot of um, bad decisions, maybe is morally a sort of ambiguous figure. Um, but on one end, or on the more positive end, rather, you could see her as somebody who's doing everything in her power to try and escape the terrible, terrible cards that she was given in life. And so... I'm, I'm wondering if Jenny is sort of, I, I hear a lot that Jenny manipulates Forrest Gump or, or she is in a position where she sort of drags him along right his entire life and then ultimately has as sort of, um, I, I, I don't know, I hope I'm allowed to say on the podcast, but basically has, has pity sex with him near the end of the, the movie, um, ultimately before she runs away again and that's right before Forrest Gump starts to run for two or three years however long it was so I wanted to hear more of your thoughts about Jenny as a character yeah yeah I'm not gonna cap Jenny pissed me off the whole movie <laughs> there was not a moment in that movie where I liked her and I would say when I watched the movie I watched it some years ago and I rewatched the a summary before this podcast when I watched the movie years ago, man, I, I couldn't empathize with her. Like, I just had no, like, the idea of abuse and kind of what that would do to somebody. It wasn't ringing in my head. And so that didn't register with me. So I have a bit more empathy for Jenny as a character now. But honestly, man, she, she just pisses me off. <laughs> I just really don't <laughs> like her at all. Like, I, I don't know if she was manipulative of Forrest just because of how Forrest lived his life. Um, like, I think for somebody to manipulate you, you have to kind of, um, not have self-control, not have power over yourself. Like, um, and then you could be taken advantage of, but I think Forrest was a person who was like, yes, he was naive. So you can say he was manipulated, but I don't think he would ever perceive it that way, which means you can't manipulate him. And so 
I didn't like Jenny's life choices. It was also like the, the juxtaposition of like Forrest, like, man, that man's life just went well, whatever happened. He, it always turned out well for him. And then Jenny was like, she was a hippie and then like a drug addict. And then she got AIDS or some disease and then she died. And it's like, dude. And then Forrest was like, then he's just going to be a single dad. He's like the perfect <laughs> character, you know? And then Jenny's just like, ugh. Like, I know you call her a protagonist, but honestly, in my head, when I watched the movie, she was an antagonist. Like, I did not like her at all. Um, but that's how I feel about Jenny. Um, I have a little bit more empathy for her now that I'm older and I understand life a little bit more. But I also think it's weird. Um, I think it's a weird dynamic between Forrest and Jenny, where it's like Forrest he had everything going for him and he couldn't let go of this person who basically had nothing going for her. And I think that speaks to like a human piece of us where it's like, A, we love who we love, but B, it's like we choose to hold on to things that might not be best for us. Like people could argue, actually, you can argue very well that Jenny was probably not the best woman for Forrest, but we hold on to things because we care about them. And it's not always about like uh, what's best for us. And I think what's good about this right. is that, yeah, it's probably not good to hold on to stuff that's not best for you. But what's good about this is Forrest wouldn't have said that there was a better person for him because he loved her. And I think that's what's important. Right. Like as crappy as Jenny was and as opposite as Forrest was, like just completely two different directions in life like Forrest hanging on to Jenny can be criticized, but I don't think it should be because it's what made like, it's what Forrest chose. And because of how he lived his life, his choices were like authentic. Like he didn't feel forced to love Jenny. He like chose to love Jenny. And I think that shines a light on a really human aspect of life that I think can be forgotten sometimes. So that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, no, I, um, Man, there's a lot that I guess I could potentially be unpacked there. I, I guess it's important to remember that Forrest Gump, I mean, they were neighbors, right? Like they, they grew up in the same community. And it's not like Forrest Gump was in a, in a you know, significantly high socioeconomic standing compared to Jenny or anything. Like they both came from households with... Um, Maybe maybe Jenny had a mother in the picture. I, I don't know, actually. I don't know if the film ever actually confirmed that. But the point is, they were both from Greenbow, Alabama. Grew up, went to school together, did the stuff. But their traje trajectories just ended up being so radically different. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, kind of to the point where, um, ah, goodness, what was it? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you said something to the effect of you can't critique uh, Forrest Gump's decision based on him loving Jenny because that is who he loved and that's whom he, you know, grew up a lot of these nice experiences with. And I can say personally for me, I, li I like to think of myself as a, as a logic-driven person, so to speak, like, like if I make a decision, I want to be able to justify the decision I made. Similarly, if I am upset 
or angry about something, I don't like to just complain. I like to have a solution for that so that we can navigate around it in the future. Even still, I would be lying if I said there's never been a time where my thoughts or actions have been driven by basically pure emotion or irrational behavior, right? Like I, I'm still, and I, I think I'm still tied down to this where, you know, I'm, I'm uh, for lack of a better term, I'm too forgiving of other people or ideas or things in the past where I just sort of cling on to it for no, no basis in reason, no basis in logic. Right. And we see that with Forrest Gump, you know, we would want to go up to him when he's 20, 30 years old and say, dude, forget about Jenny. For real. Like, forget about her, man. Like, I know I know you love her and everything, but you could find plenty. Use your fame or something to find a better woman. Like, seriously. But no, no, like, like if that is who Forrest Gump loves and, you know, we can't really say, oh, you know, then, then you shouldn't you know, pursue that. Like. I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm in a position to really to to comment on that. Assuming Forrest Gump was a real person and I could tell him to his face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. It's like he loved who he loved and Forrest Gump with how he approached life. It'd be different if it was like a manipulative, like he had some he had a low self-image of himself. And so he wouldn't let himself out of a toxic situation. But it's like, nah, nah, he lived a very simple life. That was like very straightforward. I'm going to be true to who I am. I'm going to take the moment as it is and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I think him choosing to love Jenny was, was a choice that honestly, it was probably a better choice than most of the choices we make because we're so clouded by um, emotion or other people's opinions or other people's like, like we'd be worried about our friends saying, no, nah, you shouldn't marry that woman. A lot of people would. And so then they wouldn't. And wow. that's just stuff Forrest didn't think about. So it's arguable. You can argue that his decision to marry Jenny is better than the majority of our decisions every day when it comes to being authentic and living a happy, fulfilling, simple life. So that's what I think about that. But um, I still don't like Jenny very much. I won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's okay. I, I wanted to bring up another point, actually, if that's all right, sort of tangential, tangential to the to the point about Jenny. Um, oddly enough, and I don't think I've ever told you this, Timothy, I've had a lot of conversations with, of all people, one of my former anthropo now former anthropology professors about Forrest Gump. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I won't say his name for privacy reasons and everything, but back at the University of Rochester in the anthropo anthropological community, which I sort of invested myself into when I was at uh, undergrad, or university for, for school, that um, the, the movie was a product of its time. And when I say product of its time, I mean specifically, it was the quintessential like movie for the mid 90s, right? Because in America at the time, I, I wasn't alive in, in this era. The economy was good. Um, the Cold War was over, right? So uh, America was kind of the dominant superpower um, uh, in, in the world at that time. Um, not getting into everything going on with Russia right now, but uh, th there, there were just a lot of things, economic, social, politically, that sort of pointed to um, the, the American experience and capitalism more generally as, as being the way. 
I'll, I'll put them in quotation marks, like the, 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 the thing that we should all strive to experience. And so I'm wondering um, if you have any, any thoughts about that or if that is a sort of, um, if Forrest Gump would be made today, let's say, like, like did the 1990s, did the certain context of the 1990s allow Forrest Gump to be adapted into a movie, right? Like if Forrest Gump were written later, would we see that movie be made today? Because I actually don't think we would for a number of reasons, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that first. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we would either. And I'd say the first couple things that come into my mind or really the first thing was, I don't think Forrest Gump was like, like I feel like people who have a learning disability or mental health issues, not mental health issues, mainly a learning disability, like Forrest was portrayed to be a little slow in the uh, movie. And I think that wouldn't fly today. Like it's kind of a, there's some comedy in there around it. And I think with, the culture today, like a movie could not be made like that. And you see that with a lot of TV, not just Forrest Gump. Like I hear jokes on TV about people who are homosexual from like 2005. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how is that even like on TV? And so I think right, right. just our culture has changed a lot. And so um, I don't think Forrest Gump would make it for that one reason. I can't, I think if it was made today and it like kind of exnade that, um, maybe some of the bullying also wouldn't make it into movies, like kind of how it happened. Um, and I think the vibes would be different. It would be like a different production. But I think if you kind of took out the bullying and took out forces kind of being a little slow, uh, it might, it might be made today if you took out those two things. I can't think of anything else. Uh, but why were you thinking that it wouldn't be made today? Well, for those reasons and more, I, I guess I'll start off by saying with Forrest Gump being a slow character or having the developmental disorder, um, it's actually strange. The Lion King, the original Lion King, which was released the same year um, that Forrest Gump was, one of the hyenas, I, okay, I promise I'm bringing this back. Just bear with me for a moment. One of the hyenas in The Lion King, which is a side character, um, the hyena, uh, they, there were three hyenas, right? But one of them was sort of implied to have a developmental disorder, right? Because he would act sort of crazy and he, he wouldn't really talk, but he would make noises and, and point with his paws and everything. Um, but in 2019, when the remake for A Lion King was released by Disney, they replaced that hyena with a more, I guess, um, neurotypical hyena, I I guess is is the right way to say it. But they took out the character, the hyena with the developmental disability because the way they, I guess they didn't feel like they could portray it in a way that didn't, that wasn't making fun, right? Of people with developmental disorders. And I feel like if Forrest Gump were made today, companies like Disney or Universal, whatever the production companies heading the movie, would have to tread extremely carefully about how they portray Forrest Gump, 
uh, lest they want a lot of like backlash on Twitter, for example, or backlash, you know, more generally in the public. Um, and about the bullying, there's a scene in particular I remember, actually, where Forrest Gump. Um, no, he he was still in Alabama. It 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 was a scene with uh, the former governor of Alabama, George Wallace Wallace, and they were dealing with like segregation, and it was the first time. I think it was the first time black people could attend uh, schools with white people in Alabama. Like it was the, how do you say, the desegregation. That scene would have to be totally reworked or or like just removed from the movie altogether in order for a Forrest Gump to be made today because there were a lot of words and, and things, ideas said in that scene in particular that would um, rub like just totally would not fly today and so that's one of the things where i see like forrest gump um uh if i see it on tv or if i see scenes like that on tv i'm like god you know how is there a time in my parents lifetime where you know that could be made released you know people wouldn't think about it but if that were made in 2022 everybody would be like whoa, whoa, whoa no 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 like you can't do this like it's just it, um it's so influential to me to think how much the times have changed and how we as a culture perceive what is okay and not okay to produce and market when it comes to mass communication yeah. um so there there's that and there was one other thing i wanted to say about the movie but i, I just don't know i don't know quite how to articulate it but it, it is related to sort of both the, the two earlier points about him having a developmental disorder and the bullying um, how there's so many things in the movie where it's just they they sort of whether the writers realize it or not they 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 feed into stereotypes right which um, here on on this podcast or anything I'm not trying to make a value judgment about like stereotypes or elements of of truth or anything like that I'm just saying for the purposes of the movie um, to have that in there. It wouldn't work today or it would have to be done entirely different but I'm afraid that an unintended consequence of trying to make the movie more tame so to speak might take actually a lot of, of the character out of the movie or a lot of the emotional weight and what I mean by that is we see Forrest Gump deal with these very heavy issues where he is a character uh, doesn't understand everything, right? Like America, we we see him have to confront America's racism on a number of occasions. We have to see him confront problems with the Vietnam War and human rights issues, how people are treated. But if you take a lot of that out because you're afraid to deal with the issues or you don't want to offend anybody, I'm afraid maybe you would get a movie that's sort of uh, hollow. Right. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but I'm afraid that would be an unintended consequence of the movie if it were to be made or like soft rebooted here in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. And we got a couple minutes, so I think that's a good place to end. But I want to say that your point about taking it out to try to protect people's feelings, creating a hollow movie some would argue that that's what's happening in life and it creates a hollow life. And I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is what it is. 
I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I disagree, but it is a it is a point that people make of trying to. I think it even comes up with like kids and stuff, like trying to protect kids so much, trying to um, kind of make everything safe for everybody. Just has some unintended consequences, maybe. So that is what that is. But Dax, any last things to say? We got like one minute. Kudos to all the actors, producers, everybody who worked on Forrest Gump, from Tom Hanks all the way down to the, all the cameramen and you know people, extras along the way. You guys made a great, memorable film. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. There we go. And guys, if you're listening to this, thank you. I appreciate it. Go ahead and go give Forrest Gump another watch and maybe tweet it out or something. As we always ask, shoot this podcast to one to three people you know need an in-depth analysis of Forrest Gump. Go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.